My top five podcasters, Chris, 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 Chris Lambert, and probably myself, but this ain't about that. The mundane festival is where you at. If you've been tapped in, you know what's up. If you're a first timer, hey, welcome to the club. The cost of admission is simply a subscription. Then rating and reviewing it wherever you listen. Don't worry about change ups, the cast won't break up. Even with that million dollar contract, show up a stand up guy who's a stand up comedian with a stance on everything from food to media. So, welcome to the show. Please take your seat. Let's find out what he's got in store this week. Who, me? I'm Don. Will you open the app? Thanks for coming out. Please clap. The Mundane Festival with your host, Chris Lambert. Hey, everybody, welcome back to another edition of the Mundane Festival podcast. I'm your host, Chris Lamberth, recording this on Sunday, June 25th, 2023. Remember, as always, you can subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast listening apparatus. If you're really into this thing, go over to Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, wherever you listen. Give this show, give this one, this show, a five-star review. Let everybody know why you like it, because It's simply the right thing to do. And if you would like to take your love and appreciation of this show to an even deeper level, go over to patreon.com slash mundane festival. Subscribe. It's three bucks a month for hours and hours and hours and hours of bonus content. This is episode 656. There's no guest. It's just me sitting here in my apartment on a rainy Sunday afternoon, it just started raining. My apologies to the seven of you that like this thing at 12.01, but I have a busy life. I'm trying to live a life that I can comment on and maybe uh, give you some entertainment. And uh, maybe you, one day jokes will come out of conversations that I have with other people. And uh, that's kind of how it's been working. So my apologies uh, it is a rainy Sunday afternoon. It just started raining, um, and it's pretty humid out. Uh, I went out yesterday morning, and uh, it was pretty pleasant. It was a little rainy. Uh, then later on that afternoon, early afternoon, I drove down, got something to eat, and then went to Walmart. And I came out of Walmart. I was like, oh, my God, this is just so humid it's summertime folks so it's officially summer and um i hope everybody's having a really good one so far uh my week was really busy i had some unexpected things happen to me i had a a wisdom tooth pulled i was going in because i had a toothache and come to find out it was a wisdom tooth and it was pushing up against my other teeth and uh it hurt it hurt and um, it was kind of bothering me, but sporadically, but I would put some Oragel on it and uh, it would be okay. And then it just, I couldn't sleep. What was it? Tuesday going into Wednesday, uh, Tuesday night going into Wednesday. And I called and, and made myself an appointment. And um, and I said, yeah, you know, I, I just need, I need a cleaning and I have a toothache. I'm not sure what's going on. 
And literally, this dentist was right down the street from me, uh, like a two-minute drive. And uh, they gave me an appointment, and they're like, yeah, you know, you got we, we're going to give you a deep cleaning. We're going to clean your teeth. And uh, I hadn't been to the dentist in a long time. And he cleaned my teeth, and he said, yeah, we're going to, you got this wisdom tooth, and we're going to pull it out. So they did everything. I walked in there at, like, 11 o'clock and left at three. So I was sitting in that chair the whole time and, uh, they yanked that sucker out and, um, yeah. And then I'm good. I thought it was going to hurt a lot more. I thought it was going to be sore. I thought that I had all my wisdom teeth taken out 30 years ago when I was about 13 years old. I think I was in seventh grade. It was the summer before my eighth grade year, I want to say. And I had already had braces. I had some impacted teeth, which my, my wisdom teeth were impacted. That I thought they had pulled four of them out. And then I had three teeth that were growing in, in the front, like a fucking mutant or something. So they pulled those out. I think they pulled out seven teeth. And, uh, and I remember, uh, I think I forget, I'd have to look at this sheet. I think that they had like, um, when you, when you, when I was back then, uh, I got all the teeth pulled and I think you were supposed to put like, I'll see what this sheet says. If I can, if it's still, is this it? What do they say? To prevent swelling. You have to put ice packs on your... So in the first the first couple days, you put an ice pack on the side where you're on your face and uh, to, so the swelling won't go down. And then you have to, you have to switch to uh, hot, warm compressants on your face. And my dad did the opposite and my face just got really puffy and swollen up. And I had like... Uh, I remember really enjoying Frosties from Wendy's because that was like all that I could eat. And uh, yeah, but so I had that and thankfully it wasn't sore. It was um, I it was it was slightly sore. They gave me ibuprofen. I thought they were going to give me something stronger. And and, <laughs> and I didn't like the, I, I, the, the way that I sounded when I said, are, are you guys going to give me drugs? Like for when it before the pain, and the way that I said it, it seemed like I was a like a dope fiend, but I was just like, no, I just, I just don't want to be hurting. But he said, yeah, it will give you something. But they just gave me ibuprofen, and um, you couldn't even feel it. You couldn't really shot me up, and I I felt I felt it felt them going in there and yanking it out, and uh, but I didn't feel it. But I just I I knew that that that's what they were doing. Um, that was a wild thing. So I, now I'm going, going to go to the dentist regularly. It's not like my teeth are fucked up, but I got to make sure that's something I've been neglecting. I've just been neglecting a lot of shit lately in the midst of like, I'm just trying to do better. I, I, I'm a work in progress. I never, I never said I had all the answers, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, you got to take care of your health. And that's what I'm chipping away at. I'm trying to do that. And um, 
yeah, so that was an unexpected thing. Uh, and I, I got that taken care of. I have to go back to uh, do some other stuff. And uh, at the dentist, they want to follow up. And uh, yeah, so that was that was pretty wild. Um, other than that, last night I went to go see the goat. Bill Burr, one of my favorite comics of all time. He was at the Prudential Center. And shout out to the homie Jake JL Covan. Uh he we were we were hanging out, I think a, a couple of weeks ago, having lunch, and he was like, Oh yeah, I'm gonna see Bill Burr at uh Prudential Center. I was like, Oh shit, I should do that too. I because I, I haven't I didn't see his last tour for Red Rocks, the Red Rock special that he did. And I knew that I saw that he was gonna be in AC. I think he's at the Hard Rock in July. And then I said, oh, he's he's actually in in Newark. So I, I, I bought a ticket, got a floor, a floor seat. And uh, his openers were Josh Adam Myers, Dean Del Rey and a very special guest, Andrew Dice Clay. That was pretty neat. Uh, a comedy, a comedy legend coming out there. Uh, they, they showed a trailer of Bill Burr's new movie that's coming out soon called Old Dads. It looked great. I think Burr wrote and directed that one. And so I'm really stoked to see that. Uh, I thought Bill's set was was great um, at that high level. To really see him just opening up, talking about stuff. Uh, the, the left side, right side, the liberal, conservative equivocating that I've noticed him doing recently and la- well, the last couple years I was kind of like ah it's, it, that's that's kind of like I was just like oh Bill no but then he then he he did really uh, go in on um, uh, racism and it started off like Ooh! but then he he uh, for me he he uh, how do I want to say he did right. He did right by me as a fan of his work, and uh, after I, I, I'll just say I didn't regret spending my money because I don't want to spoil any of of the material that'll eventually be on uh, Netflix or something like that. But uh, I thought the I thought this new I like this new hour a lot better than the Red Rocks hour. I don't know what he cut out from that special, but. I think, and I told this, I told, I told Bill this to his face. I thought that Paper Tiger, when I saw him tour that material, that, that was the best that I had ever seen him. And I saw him in uh, Bridgeport, Connecticut. And JL, I didn't sit with JL and, and the Righteous Girlfriend, but they, I met up with them after the show and we were going to go out to eat. But we were trapped in uh, the fucking parking lot. Uh, it's that that's a horrible operation they got going. You ideally you should be able to get into it, but it's in the middle of downtown Newark, and everything is just it. It was a shit show getting out there, getting getting out of that lot. It was worse than when I used to work at Adventure World and try to get out after I'd be working nights. I'd be closing. And it did take like 30, 45 minutes to get out. 
It was a shit show, and they need to direct that a lot better. I don't know that they give a shit about those one-night events like that when there's no, when sports aren't in season, like hockey or basketball, just hockey now down there. I guess they don't really worry about it that much. I wonder, is it different when you're, when you're, um, during the hockey season? I don't know. Cause I, it's been so long since I've been down there. Um, I used to do, I used to do open mics down there. I talked about that a couple weeks ago, but as far as going to events, I remember seeing, uh, going to, I was telling JL and the righteous girlfriend that I, I'd gone to a heat, a Nets heats game, maybe, maybe a couple, but just a, a handful of times. And I don't really remember the parking being that shitty. I think you're going to get caught up in traffic either way. But I don't notice this problem. I've never had this problem at, in East Rutherford uh, coming from a Giants game. And there's way more people that go to those games. And you're just kind of like in and out. The only other time that it was kind of a chore was when me and a friend had to take the shuttle bus to get back to our, our parking. But other than that, it, it's been pretty smooth. Because my old boss uh, used to give me her season tickets. Her, she used to give me season tickets to preseason games. Um, and I never had a problem. I live maybe 15 or 20 minutes from uh, Giant Stadium. So, I don't know. I also, every time I go to events like this, and they've all seemed to have happened in New Jersey, where people... They spend a lot of money for an event to see Bill Burr. I was on the floor seats. Those tickets were not cheap. One, the tickets aren't cheap. Two, Ticketmaster has a monopoly on tickets all across the country. And they're going to bend you over with no Vaseline when it comes to these ticket prices and their service charges and all that stuff. And uh, people just kept... So there were people coming late. There were people who were getting up throughout the whole show. I could see if you're just there for Bill Burr and you may not care about the openers. But my God, he's on stage delivering great material. And people are just getting up three, four times. This one woman was getting up the whole time. Uh, It's like, why did you even come to the show? Why'd you come? Then he's about, he's all, he's a, he's, and then Bill got to a point where he's like, oh, I haven't even thanked you guys for coming to the show. This has been great, blah, blah, blah. He said, you know, um, and then he's launching into his closer. He's like, oh, it's like my last 10 minutes, you know, and people were getting up. People were leaving. It's like, it's different if it's a, a game. If your team is getting their ass kicked and they're losing, you're like, yeah, I want to get up, get on the get on the road. I get that. I've done that before. I've left games in the third quarter. I don't have to pay for the tickets sometimes. But, you know, I've left games like that before. But not a, a comedy show. It's weird, man. On a Saturday night, one of the greatest comedians who's ever lived is in your town. You paid good money for the tickets. And you're leaving during his set? What the fuck? All these times have happened in New Jersey. 
I don't, I don't, I don't know. And I, I may have talked about this on the show before, but I don't know if it's the way that I was raised or what I, I went to Catholic school and they made us, most of my classmates were pretty well-behaved. We were pretty well-behaved kids, but you, you had to have reverence and respect for what was going on in front of you. We would go to plays and stuff as kids where we you, you'd be, you're quiet and you, you pay respect to the people who are performing on stage. So I've always carried that with me. And it's not even before I became a, a an artist, a practitioner of theater, acting and stand up and all that. I had that respect, man. It, you're paying a lot of money for somebody to watch somebody be a superhero for an hour and a half. Whether it's a whether it's um, this is how this is how I feel about the performing arts. I think Saint Vincent said something like this a few years ago. One of my favorite artists, Annie Clark, said something like, "Yeah, like you know, when you're a you just are like a human being, but you you take that time when you're working, you want to make the attempt to be the best version of yourself at for ninety minutes." You want to be like as an artist, you for that time that you're on stage, you want to be great and you want to be able to like be something that you're not normally on a on a daily basis. You want to be excellent. I'm like. I'm paraphrasing the shit out of what she said, but that's what I live by. And these people are super talented and you want to you want to experience that and take it all in and you have these people ruining the show they didn't ruin hit the show but it just it annoyed me it really annoyed me and people just yelling and stuff like that i don't know i remember the first time that i had that experience was one and i've said this millions of times even this was like i graduated from college and i've always said that 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 now that my dad's gone that's one of the greatest memories i've had with him just we went to go we went to atlantic city i was there for the first time with my dad went to go see alicia keys had just had a great time together and i remember my my dad i always says my dad didn't want to pay for a ticket so he just kind of hung out and they thought he was an undercover detective and they he just stood and watched the show but I had really good tickets. I had, I remember if you if you remember, super producer at the time Rodney Jerkins, who produced Brandy and a, so many Dark Child Entertainment, so many like dope artists. Um, I remember seeing him there. But there were people that were just Alicia Keys is on stage, singing her ass off. These people are just getting up, walking around, milling about. I can see if you have to go to the bathroom. But um, it was ridiculous. Those tickets was the, the tickets ticket was a hundred dollars, and that's back then. That's more than twenty years ago. Tickets are a hundred bucks, but I guess it meant meant nothing to them. But the way people were acting, it was just like, wow, you don't you don't care that. And I had the hugest crush on Alicia Keys, but I'm like, man, the. I don't know, they treat, treated that shit like it was just frivolous. 
I don't, I don't fucking get it. And it just, stuff like that just kind of makes you lose faith in humanity at times. The Tom Segura show I went to last year at the Hard Rock, I had good tickets. I had a good ticket for that. Front row, Tom Segura walks out on stage, a guy's getting (laughs) carried away by like seven security guards. And it's just, it was crazy because he was too drunk. He got too sloshed to watch. He paid, he probably paid tons of money for his seats. And that that again, Atlantic City, people didn't give a shit. I don't know, man. It's it's ridiculous. People getting trashed. I it's I like I I enjoy an adult beverage every now and then, but if I know like even when I'm at the movies, the movies are 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 different. But still, I don't like people acting like assholes at the movies either. But I try to I try to get there on time. I. I don't like to get up. I want to see the whole thing. People double fisting tall boys. <laughs> I saw some guys. One guy had two modelos, two tall boy modelos. Other guy, his buddy had a had a had Heineken. It was it was ridiculous. Overall, I had a great night. I love I love seeing Bill Burr. I it's really inspiring to see somebody that great and to speak to his greatness. JL and I were talking about this. I've said this on the show before. He has the, because he's so good, because he attracts a wide variety of people, you get all kinds of fucking lunatics and weirdos that come to, to a show and to an arena show. Nonetheless, he makes that room like a club. It's nothing to him. And when those people were walking out, he addressed it. He he made fun of made fun of people. I got to get to the I-9 before I get there. It was he was riffing on that. But it's so it's just fucking disrespectful. Anyway, he had he has the ability to make that into just a room. The magnitude of that space, the scope and everything. He just that's just a room. I'm doing my act. And it's still and it works. I don't know how much that works for other people. I mean, Segura was fine. I don't know how many people I've seen in that big of a space to make like live, like like me being there myself. I mean, I saw him. So this might be the th- Oh, I don't know how many times I've seen Burr, but when I saw him, as far as seeing him in an arena, um, seeing him in Bridgeport, Connecticut, that's where I, I had told him while he was in town shooting uh, King of Staten Island. I'd seen him the year prior at, at in Bridgeport, and he was doing it in the round, uh, which is like the crowds like all around him, and and uh, he's in a square and he can move about, you know, and stuff like that. You're like looking down on him depending on how high high up you are. And the way that he just like transformed that fucking arena into just like a small room and made it intimate. And it's 
truly remarkable. And I saw him do the same thing maybe a couple years prior to that. This was before the pandemic when I saw him again at, at Atlantic City in, at the Borgata. Um, that big arena space, maybe there's 3,000 people there, I think. I'm not sure if there's more than that, but yeah, he's, he, he was just great. And I, I like this new hour. And I think it's going to get whittled down. And he talked about the, uh, he talked about um, uh, the submersal uh, tragedy and open with that. And uh, yeah, he, he's he's terrific, man. He's he's one of the greats, um, one of my favorites. And uh, it was very inspiring to see. It was money well spent, but I, I really just. I don't like the way people behave at some of these shows and it's I don't I don't know if it's like that anywhere else. Please tell me if if you go to these shows, these big arena shows and you and you see any type of artist whether it's a musician or comedian, how do you feel about it? How do you feel when you go to these shows? We're back outside now, even before the pandemic, but we're we're officially back and everybody's outside doing stuff. How do you feel about this when you're going to these events? Do you feel like people are on their best behavior? Because sometimes it doesn't feel that way. A lot of times it just it doesn't feel that way. Now, I noticed now, for instance, now I'm not when I went to the Sky Zoo show, that was a great show. Sky Zoo is, I think, almost 40. And a lot of the people I know if Sky Zoo's not 40, a lot of fucking people, myself included, that were at that show were in their 40s or and older and we had a great fucking time. It was a hip hop show on a Sunday night in New York City. Uh <laughs> and everybody he did the whole album and that was the end of the show. <laughs> everybody could go to bed at a reasonable hour. And that was a great I had a great fucking time. I yeah, and then the show before that, you know, I always say seeing uh San Fermin at um, Brooklyn Steel in late 2019. That was good. And people weren't acting up. And that was in the city. I don't know. Maybe it's, is it just New Jersey? Is it just New Jersey when you, when you have people acting stupid like that? Or being, just being disrespectful? I don't know, man. I don't ask for much, but let's have some, let's have some, more decorum jesus i don't get it i don't i don't i don't get it i don't get why you'd pay that much money to go to so you're not only are you paying a lot of money for the tickets you're paying 40 bucks to park there too so i i don't understand that i i i don't get it people talking during the during the show somebody trying to do shady shit with the with the um with their tickets they had everybody's stuff in yonder bags too so that was good you can kind of focus i don't wear my watch anymore because i have my phone and i didn't i think i need to get a watch i need to get a new watch i do you guys recommend an apple watch i don't know we'll see but um yeah, overall that was fucking fun. It was so I, I had a great time. I love I love seeing Bill Burr. He's he's one of the greats. And I just think um people should have more respect for these 
performing artist. Not not that not just because I do that stuff too. But uh, I just think in general, just have more fucking respect. All right. We talked about me going to the dentist. We talked about uh, Bill Burr. Talked about people's behavior and decorum when going to live events. Let me know. Hit me up. I want to know about this. All right. So next, I got, we did, I did get someone to reach out. Somebody actually listened to the podcast and made a comment. Isn't that something? We're reaching out. They're reaching out. This podcast at least moved one person to, (laughs) one person to, to write in. So, This was from AJ. AJ writes in. He says, just listen to your last podcast and I got a you got got. He says, you got got that video you watched was heavily edited. This is one full video. This is the one full. This is the full video showing black and white. Brit kids loving the chicken. So last week I had I played the uh, TikTok clip. Uh, of British high schoolers trying biscuits and gravy for the first time. They also tried fried chicken and sweet tea. So I posted that. I thought it was really sweet and endearing. And uh, some people on Twitter ruined it for me. But I still thought it was really cool. So AJ says, I got God. He gives me the whole video. The whole video is about eight minutes. And there were the white kids were enjoying the chicken. Uh, one of the kids, one of the kids that mentioned (laughs) the white kid that one of the white kids that mentioned liking, liking the chicken and biscuits, he mentioned having jam with biscuits and he kind of got shut down and jam. I don't know what they consider jam over there, but that's a, that's a thing. Jelly. I mean, if it's, if it's. If the equivalent is jelly, it's not really my thing. My parents did that. Uh, they they like they like they call it preserves. I don't know if that's just a, a southern thing or if it's all across the country in the U.S. But uh, that's a thing. But the kid over there got shut down. I think it was a white kid that got shut down. If I'm not mistaken, uh, AJ, correct me if I'm not if I'm wrong. But um, the one thing they didn't show is the headmaster was loving that chicken too. He loved everything. They didn't show the headmaster in the uh in the TikTok clip. And AJ, I know that it was edited, but again, like I don't really think that I got got. I just thought that people on Twitter just ruined ruined the fun that I thought was the main intent for the video. Um but I think all most of those kids liked black and white enjoyed enjoyed that chicken. But then when I looked at the full video, it was mostly the black kids grubbing down that they showed on that chicken. Um, but I was I don't know if I mentioned it last week, but I, I, I felt good that off the rip, I noticed the video. Even even being truncated gave me enjoyment. Like I, I really had a genuine like 
had a genuine feeling about, oh, this is really sweet. I like this is a nice video. Positive vibes, you know, going going on in that video. Um yeah, but they even still watching the extended video, like they they seem to uh focus on the black kids grubbing down on that chicken. But overall, I think those kids just liked it, you know. It's quite nice. It's proper nice. You know, <laughs> quite nice. Um, yeah, it's it's a sweet fucking video. I, I I liked it. Either way, it's just it it was good. I enjoyed it. Another thing, another internet pet peeve, and it's from people that I like a lot on social media. I I love um, I love my guys uh, on the Firestarter podcast. I think it's I think it's Ba. That's uh. He's, he's, I think he's, um, think that he's trying to be, I think he's, he's expecting, and this is what it is, he's expecting an impending rivalry between Zendaya and Taylor Russell. He believes, and I, and I think he's right. I think it's, I think maybe we're two to five years away from it because I think Zendaya Zendaya is more popular than, than Taylor Russell. The choices that the, the projects that Zendaya has been in are more, have more prestige to it. Um, Taylor is, and Taylor is Canadian. Um, Taylor is more of an art house darling right now. Uh, even though, yeah, she is. She is kind of an art house darling. She's done Escape Room. Uh, Waves was just fucking amazing. Bones and all. Solid movie. Great performance from her. Not as showy as anything that uh, Zendaya's done as of yet. But they... Did they both do, did Luca Guadagni, I don't, Luca, the guy that did Call Me By Your Name and uh, Bones and all, Zendaya's working with him in this film called Challengers. And the trailer dropped this past week and it looks fucking amazing. I will be there opening weekend. If I can get to an early screening or something or whatever, I God willing, uh, I will be there on that, that Thursday night ready to go. I feel like this is one of these pictures that'll be New York and L.A., so I'm going to have to fucking pay for parking to see it. But for Zendaya, I will do it. Um... Yeah, so they're both working with Luca. And I okay, so this is what okay, so this is what this is what the homie boss said on Twitter a couple days ago. He said, Taylor Russell trending, this might be a good time to break up my Tay Tay versus Zendaya agenda. Call me crazy, but I got a feeling about this. Picking Sandy over Julia wasn't a good idea either, until it was. And then I wrote back, nah, young, why can't they coexist with like question marks and, and uh, 
exclamation points. And he says, because a rivalry, because, and he writes back, because a rival, a natural rivalry will emerge in the zeitgeist. And I'm going to be, <laughs> and I'm going to be on the right side of it. It's just what I do. And that's true. And I'm not getting caught off guard when we got to choose between Damson, Boyega and Kelvin. I choose Kelvin. Then he bring, brings these guys up. So I wrote back, I say, I love them both and agree with you that the internet will create a rivalry, which I will immediately renounce. It would be dope to see them in something together. As for the dudes, I'll always choose choose Kelvin because he's great and American. I put an American flag emoji. He, he liked that tweet. I think he's right. But I don't I don't think we have to I don't I don't want to see I don't want to see them pitted against each other. I want to see I'd really like to see them do something together. I think it could happen. I think it could happen. The last time I got kind of excited was Carrie Washington and Reese Witherspoon do something together. Two actresses that I like. But I think Zendaya and Taylor could do something on a grander scale. What I don't know, but I think I think there's room. I think there's room for them to both coexist. I think they're both great. It'd be nice to see Taylor Russell in something where she's not as reserved, where she can be a little a little showier in in projects. But overall, I, I mean, I, I think they're both great. Zendaya is just more like a, she's just a she's just a force, man. Like. I and I might be I'm I'm speaking out of turn here. I'm I'm I might be too early on this, but challengers could have I don't know. I I'm I might be sizing this too much because of that trailer. This is the nerd version of somebody getting hyped over a superhero movie this is the this is the art house version of a nerd getting excited over an uh, 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 a, a movie because of a trailer this could almost be this zendaya performance could could be on the same level as kate blanchett in tar i'm gonna say that I'm just going to put it out there. I'm just going to be reckless and I'm going to say that. Just just in the way that it let's let's for those of you that don't know, you probably you know, the homie Tim Hall sent me this trailer a couple days ago. This was last week. I'll just read you the the I'll read you the Google blurb. Tashi, a tennis player turned coach that's the Zendaya character, has transformed her husband from a mediocre player into a world-famous Grand Slam champion. To jolt him out of his recent losing streak, she makes him play a challenger event, close to the lowest level of, of tournament on the Pro Tour. Tensions soon run high when he finds himself standing across the net from the once-promising, now-burnt-out Patrick, his former best friend, and Tashi's former boyfriend. So she's manipulating these white boys and she even kind of says something like that in the uh in the trailer and um yeah it looks it looks like it's going to be 
looks like it's going to be pretty interesting. So I'm, I'm because it spans. I don't know how much. No, Tar doesn't really span that much time. That's just a few days. This one looks like it's. It might even be a little more sprawling than, um, than, Tar. But I don't think it's the runtime is probably not going to be as long. Um, yeah. So I'm I'm excited about that. I don't think there should be a rivalry. I think they can both coexist, but that was just something that I thought would be uh, would be fun to talk about. But that trailer, it really is uh, exciting. I'm I'm excited to see what happens with that. Um, what else? Uh, let's talk about a couple TV shows and movies, and we'll get out of here. This will be. I know how how long am I running here? What, what's what's the time? Oh, I'm not going to worry about it because I can't get this thing to move. Okay, now I can. Still getting used to this thing. It's, we're like 39 minutes in. All right. So I've been watching Mayor of Kingstown on Paramount Plus, the Jeremy Renner series. I'm on season two. Uh, I'm liking it so far. Um, it's 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 pretty solid. It's another Taylor Sheridan joint. I'm I'm digging it. Um yeah, it, it's it's pretty it's pretty fun. It's like it's really uh solid crime drama. Let me read this blurb here. Premise Kingstown, Michigan. I think I'm gonna did that do this a couple years ago. Kingstown, uh Michigan is a fictional company town where business is incarceration. The McCluskey family have been keeping the peace in Kingstown for decades, acting as the moderators between the street gangs, prisoners, guards, and the cops, tackling themes of systemic racism, corruption, and inequality. The series provides a stark look at their attempt to bring order and justice to a town that has neither. Solid show. If you're into that, I think you would like it. There's something, something solid. Do I think it's better than Tulsa King? I don't know. Different. It's different. But um, I do like it so far. It's good. Silo, I've been watching. That's um, almost... I'll be over. The first season will be done uh, this week. I'm sure it'll come out on Thursday. Uh, other than that, Platonic, I've, I've started it. The Rose Byrne, Seth Rogen series. Um, where is... I thought that I... It put, and I guess I didn't, but I thought I did. That's weird. Yeah, I was gonna read you the the blurb here. Okay, pl- okay, this is the little Google blurb. Platonic former best friends approaching midlife reconnect after a long rift. The duo's friendship becomes more consuming and destabilizes their lives. Stars Rose Byrne and Seth Rogen. It's good. I like it. It's like a fun comedy. And if you know my stand-up, you know I love Rose Byrne. Enjoyed her work for a long time. She's super funny. And they're trying to... I was talking to JL about this. We were talking about comedies and stuff. Um, Like, Seth Rogen and his team kind of seem to be some of the the few people that are trying to uh, give us R-rated comedy. To give us stuff that we can laugh at like raunchy stuff or not necessarily raunchy but just funny they're taking swings you know so it's good to see that because we haven't had that many really good comedies lately especially in the theater 
And speaking of seeing uh, comedy in a theater, I went and saw No Hard Feelings on this past Friday, a couple days ago. Um, I'll read you this blurb. No Hard Feelings, not a love story. On the brink of losing her childhood home, Maddie discovers an intriguing job listing. Wealthy helicopter parents looking for someone to date their introverted 19-year-old son, Percy, before he leaves for college. To her surprise, Maddie soon discovers the awkward Percy is no sure thing. This movie stars Jennifer Lawrence, Andrew Barth Feldman, Laura Benati, and Matthew Broderick. I really, I enjoyed this one. This was like, this was a movie uh, that was this director, Gene Stepinski, directed Good Boys. Um, which was one of the most recent funny movies that came out, uh, that came out in 2019. That was the last movie I saw in the theaters that I really laughed a lot in. Uh, and I would say like, I've gone on record and said before that it might've been spy. And that was like 2015. Uh, so I didn't realize that until after I saw the movie, but I, as I was watching the movie, I enjoyed it. It was funny. There's some raunchiness in there. Uh, Jennifer Lawrence, I feel like she elevated the script. Um, just a just a fun movie, and Jennifer Lawrence is like uh, she's she did didn't hold back in this one. Um, yeah, it was just a it was a funny good time. And if you're into something, if you if you want to see something that you have a good time with, I think this is is one to do that with. Um, uh, you can't really go wrong. Um, Next movie I rented, I rented this flick called The Angry Black Girl and Her Monster. Uh, Let's read you the IMDb blurb. Vicaria is a brilliant teenager who believes death is a disease that can be cured. After the brutal murder of her brother, she embarks on a dangerous journey to bring him back to life. This movie is written and directed by Bomani J. Story, and it stars Chad Coleman, Denzel Whitaker, and Leia Delon, De, Deleon Hayes, or Deleon Hayes. Well, Le- I'll just say Leia. Leia, if you're a nerd video gamer like me, played Angraboda in God of War Ragnarok, the black girl that people were uh, kind of freaking out about when they saw the trailer for God of War Ragnarok. And probably one of the coolest characters in the game when you, if you actually fucking play it. Um, I thought this movie was solid. This movie reminded me of the movie I've reviewed a couple weeks ago called Nanny, where it's like it's technically sound and it's good, but like it was it was kind of slow in some parts. I thought I thought uh, Leia Hayes, Delion Hayes, was really good. She carried the movie really well, uh, but after certain parts in the movie happened, she kind of she kind of plays this uh, this girl really smart. Uh, she loses her mother. Her mother gets shot while she's hugging her while they're hugging each other. Her mother gets murdered. Her brother gets murdered, and she just feels like death is is a disease. So she starts like collecting body parts of dead people in her neighborhood and. Uh, rebuilds her brother and her brother's like this becomes this monster that just fucks up people and causes havoc and she locks him up 
in a abandoned building and uh and things things haywire ensues towards the end um interesting movie solid uh i like to see what this guy does next bomani j story definitely interested in in, he because it doesn't seem like they had a lot of money but the money that they had they made it work and um it's just if you like horror it's pretty solid it's kind of like a meditation on you know obviously like how black how black bodies are treated black lives how we're treated by the police treated in the education system so over the top scene which was really based on something that really happened i mean i don't want to spoil anything if you see when you see it happen in the film you will you will be like yeah that happened in real life and um solid movie i it's i think it's going to be playing on shutter but i rented it on vod um solid flick uh i i uh i enjoyed it you know it was it was solid um so that's it folks i think i've i've talked to you enough and uh uh and I, i had a good time talking to you everybody thank you for listening if you would like subscribe to patreon um patreon.com slash mundane festival uh you can email me at mundane festival pod at gmail.com thank you so much for listening everybody i really appreciate you and i will talk to you next time take it easy everybody